Praise the Lord, everybody. If we could press pause on the chatter and find our seats this morning, we are ready to get back to service. Amen? Praise God. We're so happy that you're here with us. If you're joining us online, welcome. We do have a bit.ly link on the screen that we would like for you to uh, click on and connect with us. Just give us a few points of information so we can get to know you a little bit better. Part of worshiping God is giving, giving of our time, our talent, and our resources. And when we give to God, he multiplies and gives back to us. It isn't always in the physical or in the paper, the green stuff, right? But he always takes care of us, always takes care of us. And I am so thankful for that. And we do have different ways that you can give. Uh, some of you like to give by writing a check and putting an envelope. We have some boxes outside the doors. You can drop those in. Um, if you like to use snail mail, I like to open your snail mail. Thank you for the notes. Um, you can mail a check in to the church if you'd like. Please do not mail cash. Don't mail cash. Just checks. Um, if you want to give through our mobile app, Church Center app, if you don't have that yet, um, you can give there as well. Praise God. Aren't you thankful for the way that God takes care of us and the way that he supplies every need? Every need. Amen. We are excited this Friday is All Church Prayer, 7 p.m. here. It'll be our first prayer meeting of 2024. And something exciting this year that we're doing with our prayer and fasting is instead of doing it all in one big month in the beginning of January, we're going to do it over the quarters. And the very first time we're going to do it is with three days, January 8th through the 10th. So that's a Monday. Tuesday and a Wednesday. And we're going to dedicate that time to collectively as brothers and sisters to unite together and focus prayer and focus fasting. And um, I think in the future for this year, we're going to really try to do that before prayer meeting and then come together, but it didn't quite work out. Sometimes the calendar is a lot of fun to sort out. But we can still pray and we can still fast together and we can still grow together and encourage each other. Amen. And then following our week of fasting on January 14th at 11 a.m. after our 10 a.m. service, we're going to have a service full of worship, some testimonies, and we're just going to celebrate the goodness of God. So we're really excited about that coming up. And then also starting next week, we're going to be starting our elements classes again. Um, those of you who are taking our elements, there are building blocks of faith. Um, those classes, we have levels one, two, three, and four. And we're going to be resuming those. Um, on next Sunday at 10 a.m. If you're just getting started in that, we'll meet, we call it the library, but ever since we took the books out, it seems really silly when I say, meet us at the library, and there's not a book in there. So, we should name the room. Shouldn't we? Tell Pastor Phil what you want to call it. <clears throat> Praise God. Part of celebrating here at Calvary Gospel Church is celebrating new life and new births. Amen. And this morning, we're a little late to the party on this one, but Cole Renvik, can you come up here, please? You want to celebrate his new birth with the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Praise God for that. A great big hug from Grandpa there. Or Poppy. Is it Poppy? I can't get them straight. What does everyone call each other? Lolo and Poppy? It's not Poppy, is it? It is. Okay. My husband goes by Pops. I'm really simple. I just go by Grams. 
it works. Praise God. Stand with me this morning. Before we go into our worship set, we do want to go before the Lord in prayer. A couple of needs that I'm aware of. Um, let's continue to pray for Pastor Seidel. He is recovering from his knee surgery. My understanding is that things are going well, but he's still up to get up and out. So pray that that happens for him. We've had a couple of that happening, those kinds of surgeries lately. So pray for him. And then also my nephew, Grant Solberg, was admitted to the hospital last night. Not exactly sure what's going on, some sort of an infection, and they're treating him with antibiotics, and they anticipate holding him for a few days. So if you could just pray for Grant and for his family. And then also I know that Sister Bev is still not feeling well, so let's continue to pray for her. Any other needs, if you just want to lift your hand, even if we don't know them, God knows, and he's able to move and to minister. It's good to see the Brunkers here feeling better. We've been praying for you guys. So many people getting over just the ick of the season. But let's just pray that God continues to help and to heal us. In Jesus' name, pray with me this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your presence that is here. Such a sweet presence. God, I pray, though, that you would just move and minister in ways that only you can. God, we come before you this morning, and there are so many needs in this building, so many needs that I'm not aware of, don't need to know, but God, you know, and you are aware. And I pray, Lord, that you would just move and minister in bodies, that you would heal them of sickness, God, that you would just minister healing and strength, God, that you would just anoint and lift up spirits and hearts. Lord, we pray for Pastor Seidel, that you would continue to touch him and his knee as he recovers from this surgery, that you would continue to give him strength as he gets up and gets going. Lord. We pray for Grant that you would be with him in the hospital. Lord, we don't have an answer, but we know that you are God and that you are able. And we speak against this infection and we speak life because of your stripes, because of what you did on Calvary, God, we have our healing. And I pray, God, that you would just minister strength and healing to his body. And I pray for Sister Bev that you would continue to help her to feel better and to feel strengthened. And God, I pray this morning that you would just continue to move in our hearts and minds. God, we want your spirit to be at liberty here. Lord, that you would just move in ways that just blow our minds. And God, sometimes we want it to be loud and explosive, but sometimes what you're doing in the quietness and the softness, Lord, help us not to dismiss us and help us to recognize your voice and to understand your presence and what you desire to do because you are worthy, because you are God, because you are great. We give you praise and we give you glory. We give you honor, God. And we pray that you would just have your way in Jesus' name, amen. to hide this weary soul this bag of bones and I tried with all my mind but I just can't win the fight I'm slowly drifting a vagabond and just when I ran out I met a man I didn't know And he told me that I was not alone He picked me up, he turned me around He placed my feet on solid ground I thank the Master, I thank the Savior Because he healed my heart, he changed my name Forever free. 
trust in the Lord with our hearts and in your joy we will dwell forever come on someone sing it if you got joy though the night may seem we're joy is coming coming joy is coming 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 in the morning all praise to all King praise Jesus. to Jesus cause I know joy I know joy is coming yes joy is coming say we will not be shaken we will not be shaken we will not be moved. we will not be Come on, someone sing it out. Though the night may seem weary, joy is coming, coming, coming in the morning. All praise to Jesus. I know joy is coming. Though the night may, though the night may seem weary, joy is coming, coming, coming in the morning. And bring our joy life. We won't submit to sorrow. Our joy is coming in the morning. It's coming in the morning. If you got joy, once you sing it out this morning, your light can drown out darkness and bring our joy life. We won't submit to sorrow. Our joy is coming in the morning. In the morning. Your light can drown out darkness and bring our joy to light. We won't submit to sorrow. Our joy is coming in the morning. It's coming in the morning. In the morning. See, your light can drown. Your light can drown out darkness and bring our joy to light. We won't submit to sorrow. Our joy is coming in the morning. It's coming, coming, coming in the morning. Though the night may seem weary, joy is coming, coming, coming in the morning. All praise to King Jesus, cause I know joy, I know joy is coming. Though the night may, the night may seem weary, hey, joy is coming, 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 coming. All praise to all King Jesus, because I know joy, I know joy is coming. Your light can drown out darkness and bring our joy to light. We won't submit to sorrow, our joy is coming in the morning. We know that it is coming in the morning. In the morning, sing your light can drown. Your light can drown out darkness 
and bring our joy alive. We won't submit to sorrow. Our joy is coming in the morning. In the morning. Though the night may seem weary, joy is coming, coming, coming in the morning. All praise to Jesus. Cause I know joy. No joy is coming. Yes, joy is coming. Oh, hallelujah. Jesus, I thank you for your joy. The Lord bless you. shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. The Lord bless you shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Amen. children may his presence go before you and behind you and beside you 
all around you and within you. He's with you. He's with you in the morning and the evening. And you're coming and you're going. And you're weeping and rejoicing. He's for you. He's for you. May His favor be upon you and a thousand generations your family and your children and their children and their children may his presence go before you and behind you and beside you all around you and within you he is with you he is with you in the morning in the evening and you're coming and you're going and you're weeping
Praise the Lord, church. Such a sweet presence of the Holy Ghost in this place today. It's so good to see Olivia and Margaret, two Aka sisters, worshiping, leading together today. Margaret moved to Boyd a few years ago to go to college. And, uh, it's good to see you. Good to see you. Great job this morning. God bless you. God bless you. If you're a guest of ours, it's such an honor to have you here worshiping with us today. You can be seated. And uh, this is our last service of 2023. It's hard to believe that here we are, right here on the on the verge of another year. And uh, I'm excited for what God is doing in my life and so many of your lives, and uh, we had our, our state youth convention this past week here, and a lot of our young people were there, as well as our hyphen age group on uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. It was in Middleton, so it's locally here, so so great to, they had a great time, and um also, too, just on a, a, another little side note there, we have a new member moving into our assembly, and that is Morgan Matheson. She is from the Spooner area, and uh, she seems to have a specific interest in moving here, and uh, she is engaged to Colin Chernikowski. He's not in here right now. But uh, I usually kind of always pick on our, our uh, newly engaged couples. I don't think I got a chance to do that yet. So we'll, we'll wait. We'll, we'll save that for another date. But uh, we've been teaching in a series, and what we're going to do is I'm gonna, not going to complete this this morning. I thought about this, and it's like I don't want to rush through this. We... I don't want to start our new series into our new year until on a, till next Sunday. I want to start it on a Sunday, not on a weeknight. So what we're going to do is we're going to, we're going to work through this uh, toward the end of this series today. We're going to finish this series on Wednesday evening. And uh, then next Sunday, we're going to start fresh with a new series and a new theme. And we're going to do a lot of introduction into that next year. Or next year. It will be next year, uh, next Sunday. So, we're talking, we've been talking about turning our failures into successes. And uh, by the way, I want to thank, we had a new sign out there. Brother Al and Sister Carol have been working on this, and thank you so very much. It looks so very nice. Uh, they did the top half uh, a few months ago, and now they've got the bottom half on, so we have a completed sign. And uh, I'm thankful for completion of our sign. So thank you so very much. And I wanted to get it done when we still were, uh, who would have thought we'd be having 50 degree weather, 55 degree weather in December. But uh, thank you so very much, Alan Carroll, for that. So in our turning failures into successes, we understand something. So many times we allow in our lives failures to define who we are. And I've talked with people, and I think one of the saddest uh, conversations I've ever had with an individual was an individual that 
was a friend of mine, someone I've known for many, many years, and they were talking about all of the things in their life, all of the failures, all of the things that they've fallen short on, and they were allowing their failures, they were allowing all of their struggles to define who they were as a person. And uh, I, I don't think failures need to define us as a person um, because failure is not permanent. Failure is something that is temporary. We go through, we all have failures in life. We all, as I say sometimes, we all make up, we all do the big boo-boos, and uh, we've all had boo-boos in our lives. That's just a little comical, more comical way to say failure. But we've all had those mistakes, those things that we've done. And so what we've been doing for the last uh, four, five, four weeks actually, uh, we've been covering the alphabet started at a and we went all we're going all the way to z and uh today we're going to we're going to park for a little bit on the letter r and with the letter r it's not just one point that we're looking to make here this morning but i want to focus on rest relax reflect recreate reinvigorate, and rejoice. So we're going to be talking about the five R's of rest, or five uh, points of rest. When we look at rest, I'm, I, I, I look in the Scripture, and you don't get very far into the book of Genesis. You don't get very far into Genesis chapter 1, and we run into the, the, the seven days or six days of creation. And uh, we, we can go through all of those various days. Every day God created in the beginning. God created the heavens and the earth, and then he creates light and darkness and oceans and fish and animals and trees and plants. And he ends up with creating mankind. And then what does God do when all of the, the, his week is complete? He took a nap. That's the way I like to put it. That's my paraphrase. I don't know if he actually sleeps or not, but, but he rested. And one thing that we have to understand, we live in a world that is so fast-paced that if, if, if you mention that you would like to go, I, I believe it's just, this isn't like doctrine, but it's my doctrine. Okay, we talk about personal preferences and personal convictions and biblical convictions. This is a personal conviction. Strongly believe that everyone should take a Sunday afternoon nap. Now, when I was growing up, I hated it. My mom and dad would make us take naps. And my mom would sit on the end of the bed sometimes until we fell asleep. So we learned how to fall asleep faking it very well. So when mom would leave, she would quietly close the door, and then we knew how to sneak out of the upstairs second floor window and go play. And uh, occasionally we would get caught, but more, more often, this is a confession, mom, you're probably watching this online, and you're like, boy, this is the first I've heard of this. That's why there was all those shoe prints on the side of the house. And nobody could figure out how they got there. Rest. 
As you pause to rest and ponder your next step, always be ready to seize every opportunity which is good for you and the Holy Spirit which is in you. We have to understand that this church rest is a key critical component in turning all of our failures into successes. So many times people fail because they're tired. They just simply, you know, the human body was only made to go so fast and so far before it has to rejuvenate itself. And you may be here this morning and you may be tired You may be worn out from celebrating Christmases and maybe you have one more Christmas celebration to go or maybe you've got a big New Year's celebration tonight. I don't know what everyone is doing, but we have these seven keys. Rest, relax, reflect, refresh, recreate, reinvigorate, and rejoice. But we're going to focus in on the first one of those And that is rest. Do you struggle? This is a question that we can all ask ourselves, and I think it's a very important question. Do you struggle to get enough rest? How many of you here struggle to get enough rest? Now, don't be ashamed if you you have a hard time going to bed at night and shutting your mind off. That's my hard hard part. Listen, I can go to bed at 10 o'clock. And I can get up at, at, at 7 o'clock or 8 o'clock, or you can even sleep in till 9 or 10 o'clock, and you've been in bed 12 hours, but you have not rested for 12 hours. There's a vast difference, isn't there? And we know that. We know that. So while we may not always have a good night's sleep, we know that rest is vital to our health and well-being. But did you know that rest is is important to your spiritual health and well-being as to your physical health and well-being? How many times we saw in the scripture where that men have failed, men have fallen into various traps of the enemy because they were tired. They were tired and they weren't thinking the way they normally would think. Now, we can look at this, and the Bible talks a great deal about our need for rest, especially when it comes to the book of Psalms. God created rest for our benefit. God created rest for our benefit. Now, we're not going to talk about sleep studies and all that kind of stuff this morning. We're just going to talk about just some basic, simple principles that we can follow in the Word of God because that benefit, that rest, is designed to restore us. I don't know about you, Brother Rico, but I've gone to bed many, many nights extremely frustrated in my mind, in my thinking, and we're trying to think our way through various problems or various situations that we have to deal with and that we are struggling dealing with. And we lay in bed and we toss and we turn and finally we fall asleep. And we wake up in the morning and I don't know exactly what happens in that time frame, Brother Repka, 
But I go to bed sometimes extremely frustrated and worn out, and I wake up refreshed. I wake up with a new thought process, and what I went to bed struggling with doesn't quite seem so bad now because I was able to take and get a good night's rest. This is what God has designed or how God designed us to be, that during those periods of time when we are resting, he is restoring us. He restores us physically. He restores us emotionally, mentally, and he restores us spiritually. So we can experience true rest when we spend time in God's presence, praying and reflecting on his word. And as we take time from our busy schedule, we can still, we can be still. This is really hard for us to do. And our fast-paced society is to be still. When the scripture tells us to be still and know that I am God, we have a hard time with that being still part because we're designed and we are geared to get up and get going because if you're not getting up and you're not going, you're lazy and you're slothful and you're wasting time. But that's not what the scripture always bears to mind and tells us. We need to be still, be silent, and be present. <laughs> Have you ever talked with somebody and you know when you're talking to them that they are not present? <laughs> How many times have I seen the, the parents go up to their children and take their, their chin and, and turn their chin to face the eyes of the parent and say, listen to me, focus. Why? Because they're, kid, they're not present. They're, they're out there. They're gone. You don't know where they are or when they're going to be back. And I've had conversations where I know when I'm talking to people that I walk away and I'm like, yeah, they weren't, they weren't there. <laughs> Their mind was somewhere else. They were preoccupied. And how many times to, does God want to have that relationship with us? He wants us to be still. He wants us to, to spend time in his presence, but yet we're like out there. We're checked out. So we can experience true rest when we spend time in God's presence, praying or reflecting on his word. He gave us his word for a purpose. Now this morning, we had an incredible Bible lesson. Sister Jessica taught it in the, in the, on holiness in the book of Daniel. The book of Daniel is an incredible book to read. A lot of awesome, interesting things in the book of Daniel. But the Bible just doesn't stop with the book of Daniel. We have all kinds. We have 66 books that we can read. And maybe you're not in a book of Daniel mood per se when you wake up and you are troubled in your mind. So maybe you could try a book like the book of Psalms. And in the book of Psalms, we can discover what resting in God truly means. The psalmist shows us steps and how we can find the type of rest that restores our souls. I want to be restored in my mind and in my body, but I 
especially want my soul to be restored. My soul, I don't know how you look at it, but my soul is my most valuable asset that I will ever, ever possess. I don't know that I possess my soul. I think God possesses our souls. But he gives it to us to maintain and to take care of. We are stewards of that. And my soul, I would not trade it for anything. I wouldn't trade it for your problem. I wouldn't trade it for your wealth. I wouldn't trade it for Bill Gates's wealth. Because my soul is my most valuable thing I have. So some of these simple, easy steps... We're going to talk about how to deal with those sleepless nights. Step one is we need to call on him. We want to have rest. We really want to have rest. You can do a sleep number test, sleep study test. They're going to hook you up to all kinds of wires, and you're going to try to sleep. I've thought of that. I've never had one done. I've thought about it, but I'm like, I can't even. I, I have a hard time sleeping with just the little slightest distraction going on in the room, let alone hooked up to all kinds of wires in a machine. Anybody ever try to sleep in a hospital room? I remember the first night I ever slept in a, in a hospital, I had a couple mini strokes, and, and they hooked me up to all these machines, and I'm trying to sleep. And then every hour, somebody's coming in, and they're waking you up. Or they're asking you questions and they make you read this chart and all these letters and stuff to make sure. Yeah. How do you deal with those? Step one, call to him during those sleepless nights. You say, how do I call to him? Well, we could read in Psalms chapter, Psalms 4, the entire psalm. It reads like this. Answer me when I call you, my righteous God. Give me relief from my distress. <laughs> have distress going on in your life have mercy on me and hear my prayer how long will you turn how long will you people turn my glory into shame and how long will you love delusions and seek false god know that the lord has set apart his faithful servant for himself and the lord hears when i call him This is designed for those rough nights, church. So if you're having a rough night and sleep is not anywhere to be found, open up your Bible and start to read Psalms chapter 4. He goes on to say, tremble and do not sin when you are on your bed. Search your heart and be silent. Offer the sacrifices of the righteous and trust in the Lord. Many, Lord, are asking, who will bring us prosperity? You ever think about that? You ever worry about money and finances while you're sleeping? Let the light of your face shine on us. Fill my heart with joy when their grain and new wine abound. In peace I will lie down and sleep. <laughs> For you alone, Lord, make me dwell in safety. During those sleepless nights, Psalm chapter 4, write it down, read it. Do you have problems trusting God for your future? 
I think this is something that we all struggle with. We like to say we trust God until God says, let go of the branch. You've heard that story. In case you haven't, gentleman's out on a hike, mountain trail, and he slips and falls off the side of the mountain, and he slides down, and he grabs on to a branch. And he looks down, and it's hundreds of feet down, and it's 100 feet or so up to the top, and he's stuck there, no way to go anywhere. And he hangs there and hangs there, and he's just... He doesn't know what to do, and he screams out, and he says, Help! Help! Can anyone hear me? Help! No answer. Finally, in desperation, he says, God, if there's a God, can you hear me? Help! God says, I can hear you. Oh, God, help me, help me. Okay, you want my help? Let go of the branch. Long pause. Anybody else out there? You ever feel that way? Psalms chapter 16, verses 1 and 2, and verses 7 through 11. Keep me safe, O God, for in you I take refuge. I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. Apart from you, I have no good thing. I will praise the Lord who counsels me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. I will keep my eyes always on the Lord. With him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. You can go on and continue to read this for yourself, but here's a good passage of Scripture to read when you have problems with trusting God for your future. Number three, allow him to lead you. Now, I've always read this next psalm almost as it's a funeral psalm. It's read at a lot of funerals. But this really wasn't designed for that. It wasn't a funeral song, psalm. But Psalm 23, it's a, it's, it's, a, it's a psalm of leading. How to lead. The Lord is my shepherd. <laughs> I lack nothing. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. This is what we need to read when we wake up in the middle of the night and we're frustrated you prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. <laughs> That's a pretty powerful statement right there. Lord, even in the middle of my enemies, Lord, there's a table that you prepare for me. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Number four. Have you ever taken and come down to this altar and say, God, I'm just going to give all of my problems to you? I've come down here so many times and so many services with ministers preaching, so you just need to give your problems, your troubles, your trials to the Lord. <laughs> and then we get up praying, and before we leave the building, we end up picking them back up and taking them back with us. 
So this next psalm, Psalm 127, tells us to give all of your worries to him. Brother Bronker, got some problems with your health. You know what? You just got to give those worries to Jesus. Got to give them to got to give them to the Lord. Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand watch in vain. In vain you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat, for he grants sleep to those he loves. Children are a heritage from the Lord, offspring a reward from him like arrows in the hands of a warrior. Are children born in one's youth? Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be put to shame when they contend with their opponents in court. Psalms 127. This is telling us that our children (laughs) are a blessing, like arrows in a quiver. Some of our brothers here have some pretty full quivers. That's a blessing. Give all your worries to him. And my last point here, step five, quiet your soul before God. Psalm 131. This is hard for us to do. Because what happens so many times, Brother Peter, when we go to sleep and we try, we try to take and consolidate our time. So we're going to pray in bed. And have you ever been there? Don't lie to me today. (laughs) You crawl in bed and you're like, oh, I forgot to pray. Well, I'll just pray here, Lord. It's comfortable. It's warm. So we try to quiet our soul before God. And we end up taking all of the frustrations of the day and wrapping them all into one bundle and in one complaint. And we try to take and give them to God and we say God I had this happen and this happen and we're struggling and we're frustrated and God is just saying to us (laughs) what is that little lullaby hush little baby don't say a word (laughs) sometimes I think God just doesn't want to quietly say hush don't say a word he just wants to just say shut up Nothing. I don't want to hear. I'm going to talk. But see, God's not that way. We don't, we don't, sometimes we don't know how to quieten our soul before God. So those nights that you can't sleep and you're frustrated and you're just trying to spill your guts to God, I've, 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 I've gone out in our family room and I pull up a chair and sat it down and say, okay, God, sit here. Don't move because I don't want to talk to an empty chair. And I'll just talk to God, and I'll just share my frustrations. But the problem is, is most of the time we get it off our chest. We're tired. We want to go back to bed. We don't wait for God to respond. My heart is not proud, Lord. My eyes are not haughty. I do not concern myself with great matters or things too wonderful for me. But I have calmed and quieted myself. This is Psalms 131. I'm like a weaned child from its mother. Like a weaned child, I am content. 
Israel, put your hope in the Lord, both now and forevermore. So struggling with sleep, struggling with rest, I just want to encourage you to take and read those chapters at nighttime before you go to bed. And I pray that, <laughs> like the little nursery rhyme, thou I lay me down to sleep. <laughs> I pray the Lord my soul to keep. <laughs> Our next letter we're going to cover before we close today is comes right on the heels of the letter R, the letter S. But the two topics are very closely closely related so I want to cover letter S as we close out today and that is speak the pure the powerful the anointed from the word of God into your life this is something that has intrigued me for a very 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 long time and uh, I'm intrigued by the thought that Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, the patriarchs of old would take and they would speak blessings into their lives of their children. And how that we look at it today and we look at today's world and we push our children to go to college, which there's nothing wrong with getting an education. I'm not anti-educational. I went to trade school for, for four years and I uh, went to night school for three years and, and got a, an education. I, I, there's nothing wrong with having a trade, having a job, having a, a college degree. But we push all of the, if I could say, the secular side of life. And very rarely do we ever pray or ask God for blessings upon our children. And I think that's something that we miss out on because it's there. God never stopped blessing his children. We may have stopped doing or practicing, but it doesn't mean God stopped doing it. We expect God to bless us, and I think that we miss out sometimes by speaking the powerful, the anointed, the pure word of God not only into your life, but into the life of your children and into your family. There are numerous scriptures which talk about the power of the tongue. This is, this is a Bible study within itself because as a parent, we can, we can drive our children to failure by the power of our tongue. I have... Friends, I have relatives that, that, that all my life they have referred to themselves as being a loser. I've always been a loser. I'm always going to be a loser. And it's because it has been pounded into them by their parents that, yeah, you're just a loser. You're not like your brother. You're not like your sister. However, there's only one which speaks of a spoken lifestyle of every born-again believer. And if we look into Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29, reading from the Amplified, this is such 
a powerful, potent package of Scripture. But it says, let no foul or polluting language. (laughs) Yeah. That's tough sometimes. That is really, really tough. I want to challenge us here today. I want to challenge our fathers. You know, you work all day. I worked in construction for a number of years of my life, and you heard a lot of colorful language. And you hear it all day. And certain guys that I worked with, you can kind of read between the lines, and I don't want to get all off track on this, but we had a fellow we called Freddie Effenheimer. And you can only imagine why he ended up with that nickname because every, 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 every sentence he put together, he had to put a cuss word in that sentence. And you would listen to Freddie as he explained his Christmas or his New Year's or his vacation or just whatever he did last night. And there was nothing but cuss words after cuss words. And you hear that all day long. And you go home and your lawnmower won't start. And you pull back on the cord of the lawnmower, Brother Rico, and the cord breaks off. And you slam your knuckles into the cooling fins of the engine. And the first thing that comes out of your mind isn't, dear Lord Jesus, help me in this situation. I mean, it's just our nature. Okay, I'm just being real. Our nature, our human nature, we just start to just let Freddie have his way. (laughs) His thoughts become our thoughts. Now, maybe you're better than I am, and maybe you're perfect, and you don't do that. But, boy, I tell you, this is tough. Let no foul or polluting language, nor evil word, nor unwholesome or worthless talk ever (laughs) come out of your mouth because you know what, folks? What you say as a parent over and over and over and over and over again is what your children someday will become. Case in point, now, this is, I'm going to set this up and we're going to close with this. This is actually somewhat humorous, but not really. It's sad, but I worked with the man. His name was was Freddie. He lived down near Mount Horeb somewhere. And uh, I'm talking to him one day, and I asked him. I said, if he's always lived down there. No, 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 no. He said, I used to live in town of Sun Prairie. I said, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He says, I live right off of Reiner Road. I'm like, really? I said, I lived on Felon Road. Oh, he said, you probably knew my daughter. Now, we rode a school bus every day, and we had a young gal that rode the school bus, and she was a beautiful young little lady, but she had the absolute worst potty mouth of any young lady I had ever, 
ever, ever heard. And growing up in a home where that, you know, if we said F-A-R-T, that was a bad word. And we would get scolded or maybe backhanded. I laughed and told my dad the other day, I said, Dad, the reason your shoulder is giving you so many problems now that you're older is because all the times you had to reach into the back seat and do one of these numbers. That's called a backhand, in case any of you young people haven't experienced that. So I'm sitting there, and I'm listening to Freddie talking about his life and his daughter, and of course he's throwing in all of these colorful words. And it dawned on me, <laughs> I know exactly who his daughter is. And he began to share a little more, and then he gave me her name, and <laughs> or actually I stopped him, and I said, let me guess, is your daughter's name? And I gave her his daughter's name. He's like, yeah, you know her? said, oh, yeah, <laughs> the whole bus knew her. You see, let no foul or polluting language nor evil word nor unwholesome or worthless talk ever come out of your mouth, but only such speech as is good and beneficial. You see, this covers more than just an occasional cuss word. <laughs> that is good and beneficial to the spiritual progress of others. You have a gossip problem? What has Bishop always taught us? If you're not part of the problem nor part of the solution, shut up. Shh, quiet. I don't like gossipers. I don't, I don't like to be... I don't like to be even around conversations where people start to gossip. But only such speech as is good and beneficial to the spiritual progress of others as it is fitting to the need and the occasion that it may be a blessing. <laughs> there comes that word blessing again. A blessing and give grace, God's favor to those who hear it. So when you speak the right things, not only do you bless those around you, but you are loosing powerful words into the spirit realm. And we need to understand that. Let's stand this morning. Our musicians can come. You see, God is so, so, so very, very good. And he's so very patient with man. And I'm so thankful that God is patient with me. And here we are closing out. <laughs> it's hard to believe another year has come and gone so fast. 2024 is no doubt going to have its, its good times and it's probably going to have some bad times. 
It's not going to be a perfect year for you. It's not going to be a perfect year for me. It's probably going to be a, just a blend like every year is because life is just life. But you see, I don't want to take, I don't want to take and drag all of my shortcomings and failures with me into another year. I like to take every year, and I do this just because it's just something that I just started doing a long time ago. Don't even, couldn't even tell you when I started it. But I go every year at this time. I start in about October writing things into my journal and then November and December, and by the time I get to this point of the year, it's like, okay, got to make some changes here. And these changes are going to have to start today. Today. I don't know where every one of you are. We're not finished with our turning failures into successes. We'll start coming up in the letter T. But today, so many people have never really learned how to live. You talk with people, Brother Peter, and so many people are just existing. It's a shame out of seven, seven and a half billion people on this planet that most people literally just strive to make it to the next day. That's not how God designed life to be. He said, I came that you can have life and that you can have it more abundantly. You can have it above and beyond what you could ever even imagine or think. That's the kind of life that I want for you. Maybe you haven't experienced that or maybe you're struggling. Maybe you, you may have been walking, you may have walked with God for 30 years and feel like you haven't got there yet. I just want to challenge you. As we close out 2023 and you come to this altar perhaps for the last time that you make up your mind that I'm going to go home and I'm going to change and I'm going to take those failures and I'm going to turn them into a success story. And that success story is going to become a blessing to my family and a blessing to my friends and a blessing at my job and a blessing in my church. So as our worship team begins to sing, rest, relax, reflect. <laughs> Eric, refresh. Recreate, reinvigorate, and rejoice. <laughs> <laughs>
that's what happens when we come to an altar <laughs> and we say, okay, Lord, <laughs> I've just, I just need some help. Maybe you're a guest of ours and you're not used to coming down to an altar. That's fine. That's fine. I just want to invite you to pray where you are. Say, well, I really don't have a relationship with God. Well, you can start. You just have to say, hello, Lord. Here I am. God bless you.
study on these, how, it, how this, these R's directly reflect on you and your life, but refresh, recreate, reinvigorate, and rejoice. And speak the pure and the powerful and the anointed word of God into your life. God's word has power. Use it. <laughs> Use it. God bless you. Thank you so very much for your guest of ours again. Thank you so very much for visiting with us today. And, uh, it's New Year's Eve. So a lot of you are going to be fellowshipping and such. Be safe out there. And, uh, we will see you back here Wednesday evening. In conclusion of our turning failures into success starting off next Sunday with a new theme, a new year. God bless you. <laughs>